Discovery's four computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. Three, two, one, zero, 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 Hello world, and welcome to the new year, the new gadget cast. My name is Gregory McFadden, joined always by my co-host Travis MCP. Space travel. I feel like we need to have a, a, a 2020 intro. Like we need to slightly mi- remix it a little bit. Just a little bit, just a little flavor on it, a little something on top of it. But let me mm. talk a little bit about that. That song and the the outro song were made by myself and you. You made the intro. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made the outro. But here's a funny thing. I made a bunch of songs after you got me hooked in uh, GarageBand on my iPad a couple months ago. And I've actually been using some of those uh, songs as like countdowns for my own Saturday morning live stream. Well, about two weeks ago, I got a copyright claim on one of them. And I'm like, how is that possible? I made made the song. (laughs) So I don't know what the heck's writing. There's no hope. It's ridiculous, dude. We are in. That's 2020. It's just Someone must have made. Because if if people don't know what GarageBand is, it's an audio program on the Mac. I think there's actually a documentary on GarageBand and like how many like loops you hear in like TV shows you watch and just like media oh. you consume that actually just come from this one program in GarageBand. I believe uh, it. But what probably happened was is Travis made a song using the preset loops there and you actually get like you get these preset loops and then you can change so much with them to actually make like a pretty original sounding track. But what mm-hmm. probably happened is someone took the same track that Travis had and they're like, this is my song. Let me go into the YouTube copyright system. So I think next time you got to you you have to you got to do it to your own music. You got to have like the well, copyright ready. You know how many different. Yeah, but I mean, I, it was a mix, too. It was a nice here. I think I have the song somewhere. I should play it later. Um, it's a it's a good. I mean, you wouldn't know. Of course, I don't know what the song was that matched it to. It could also be a false positive. But man, I'm like, you can't get nothing. You make your own music. It's not enough. It's already a struggle on YouTube. These YouTube streets, man. These YouTube streets. Let me tell you. Yeah, but GarageBand, it's a fun program. It's free, too, on uh, on Macs and iPad. And on Mac, you can get Logic, which is even more advanced, has even more loops. And if Travis had well, a Mac, I think that- he'd be making all of his music in Logic, and he'd be loving it even more. So I was going to ask you about Logic, because yesterday, as I was telling Greg off, off camera, uh... I didn't really get into the story. He doesn't really know most of this. So yesterday I was at, uh, for the people watching on YouTube, you can see how close my fingers are. I was this close together, this this far apart, this this close to getting a Mac Air. I actually touched it, I tapped it. The, the Apple stores in my area are sold out. Uh, Amazon sold out. However, the Best Buy by me has them in stock. And I, you know, I hesitated because of the eight gig thing, right? Like that's still, it's not something that I would have ever worried about. Um, if I hadn't heard people on YouTube talking about eight gigs, like I would have thought, oh, eight gigs, that's more than enough for Windows. So I totally would get it for a laptop, for, right? For Mac. I wouldn't even think anything about it. Plus all the pricing of uh, like that in the Mac mini, <clears throat> which I probably would have bought, you know, would have been pretty compelling. But in seeing that thing and realizing that, well, the only thing I'm using my, my iPad Pro for is to edit my videos. And if I learn Final Cut, which by the way, I don't even need to. I can just, with the new M1s, I can use LumaFusion on it. So I can keep my same editing Uh, and I would get a fully fledged laptop. But what really was more compelling about it is the fact that it's lighter than my iPad pro with magic keyboard. Yeah. I, I, this thing is a heft. I can knock somebody out with this thing. It's a 12.9 inch with the magic keyboard. I could, I could kill somebody with that thing. With the, with the air, I picked it up. like, this thing's pretty light. I kind of got seduced by it briefly. I almost had it. I almost bought it. Greg, they even have some open boxes and some ones that return for Christmas, save yourself a little extra money. So I was like, maybe, 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 but I, that eight gig thing just keeps stopping me. It just, it just stops me enough and you can't get the 16 gig for a while. So I'm kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, Gary's watching, correct me if I'm wrong, Gary. And I think we both kind of had different experiences with our eight gig, uh, eight gig models. I believe Gary is just using an eight gig air as like his main laptop. And he says like, it's fine unless he got a 16 gig upgrade. But I think uh, I think Gary is using the air and he loves it. So yeah, I, I saw I watched his video uh, the other day about uh, I think like a month later or something. Both of you guys have done like a month mm-hmm. later or whatever videos. And uh, you know I yeah we're and, running and out just of kind ideas. of 
Yeah, see, he stand by the eight gigs of, of uh, memory. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's it's it's. I don't know. It's uh, I I'm almost seduced. Knowing me and my past, that means I'm gonna end up with one soon. I just know how I am. What like, <clears throat> for me, what's the worst thing that happens if you get this eight gig air and either you use it and you go, wow, I love it. Or you use it and you go, I should have, I should get 16, and then you just return it. And if you really like the experience, you go ahead and, and you get the 16. That's how I feel. Yeah, I mean, I suppose. <laughs> I just, I just don't like returning things. I, uh, I don't like have to do it. I mean, listen, I would do it for a thousand bucks. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely happened if it's not going to do for me. And the other thing is, it probably will be enough because I'm not running these high end codecs on my camera to edit stuff on. Um, you know, you gotta remember, this isn't just a thousand dollars plus tax for me. It's another $300 for final cut. So like, that's another, that's another big chunk of change. I'm going to have to throw on top well, of it to get the full. I think you, um, I think you take advantage and I give you permission. I give you a permission as a, uh, in eternal Influencer? student. I give you permission to, uh, buy the education bundle, which gives you every single program that Apple makes final cut logic. For like two hundred dollars, I don't think they. I don't think they check if it's a student email. So you know, I give you permission to uh, to do that if you ever oh, went would, to school in your entire life. You know, life's I would expensive. Do that. <clears throat> Drew said he was reviewing it, ran his channels off of the base air. Yeah, and he streams three times a week. Of course, you're the sixteen. Yeah, I, I, watched, I know. I kind of feel the same. I watched Drew's uh, when the first air came out. I, I got his opinions on it, and. Um, he, uh, it was like faster than his iMac Pro at doing things. Like these, these computers are insane, and I don't think we'll ever see. Well, maybe we will, but we probably won't see a jump like this for a long time. This is like a once in a generation change. Uh, what Apple did with the M1 stuff. I would love for you to get an Air, and this would be like your first Mac too. So it wouldn't even just be yes. a new processor architecture. It would be um, your first experience on Mac. A lot of great programs there. Um, and I would move away from iPad as a productivity piece of hardware, which it's, by the way, to be clear, I don't feel the need to. Now, I will definitely tell you that I will not like editing without touch. I've become so accustomed to be able to touch the timeline and move it around and do it. Like, that is a big thing for me. I really enjoy that process, the tactile nature of editing. However... <clears throat> And watching I Justine use Final Cut Pro and how freaking fast she is, ultimately for me, it's about speed anyway. And that was another kind of one of those instances where I was kind of partially seduced. And then everyone talking so great about it, I just was like, but again, I, the, the other thing is, I it's only $200 for the 16 gigs. Unlike a lot of the other laptops, you can't upgrade it later on. That's right. the biggest problem. Yeah. So you almost might as well just get the 16 now just to be safe. Because while what you are saying is yes, it'll be fine for the here and now and probably for the foreseeable future. If I really want to use this for a long time, why not? For 200 bucks, which is, you know, it's not no little bit of money, that, but by the <clears> way, $200 for an extra couple of years worth of good performance is definitely worth it, is the way I see it. I mean, that is my ultimate recommendation. If people are looking to get any of these machines for video editing, even if 8 gigabytes is working fine for you, I would still almost say... The 16 probably is better unless you are like, you know, if you can only afford a thousand dollar computer and like that's and you want a Mac like, OK, go for it because that's the best experience you're going to get for it. Um, but I would recommend the 16 because, yeah, if you, that's the biggest bottleneck with the memory and the 16. It's double the memory. It, it really does make quite a difference. Well, I almost got the Mac Mini because I love the price difference. I love yeah. how inexpensive it is. And I really want to throw it on like my TV just to play around with. But I guess the problem is if I ended up really liking it, making it an actual portion of my work would be harder because I don't really want to edit on my living room TV. Um, I I can't really bring it into this system where I have three monitors, actually technically four monitors because I can't do four monitors on it. So there's this problem with the mini that if I did like it, if it was kind of the thing where I'm like, oh cool, I really dig being on uh, Mac OS, then I'm stuck. I'm kind of screwed, right? Whereas if I get the, the Mac book, then I can do video out. I can't like, I, then I can take it with me. Like I can go in the living room, in the kitchen. Like I can, I can hit it wherever. So I went from really looking hard at the mini to now starting to look at the air. Cause I don't think I need the pro. I don't think the pros anything extra that I would need. And um, I'm really close. And I know how I feel when I get like this. 
All I would have to do is get a buyer for my 12.9 2020 iPad Pro with Magic Keyboard for a decent price. And if someone comes along and offers me that different that decent price, let me tell you something. Well, the other thing is I'd have to wait till February for the 16 gig MacBook, which is not not fun games. That's the one thing. Yeah, I mean, you might be surprised. You might order it, and it might be ready sooner. Like, I've had some experience uh, with Apple stuff like that where you order it, and it's like, oh, it's a month out, and then it comes like two weeks later uh, as they ramp up supply. So, I mean, you could always – you can order it now, and then in the weeks you're deciding, cancel it if you if you don't want it. Uh, but if they ship it ahead of time, then, hey, you got it faster than you were expecting anyway. So I feel like that works true. out pretty well. You order it now. If, if it's really a month out and you're waiting two weeks and you're like, I really don't want this, you cancel it. Hey, if they shipped it to you, they solved your main problem of it wasn't ready in time. And then, then you have it and you're like, okay. And then if you really don't like it, you return it like everyone else does. Um, but yeah, I, I, I almost agree with you that the Mac Mini, I think it is the best value and I really like the Mac Mini. Um, but the Mac Mini at the end of the day, it's a cheap, really good desktop computer that's super fast. Whereas the MacBook Air feels more kind of revolutionary. Like, oh my God, mm. this is like a laptop. <clears throat> There's no fan in it. It's super fast. The battery lasts forever. Like it's giving you like a different experience in a way where the mini just feels like a really inexpensive, fast computer. Uh, but the Air, it, it feels like something different. It feels like a new, a new change. And uh, I really like the Air a lot. I think it's the one, it's the laptop to get for most people. And you're right, most people probably shouldn't get a Pro, although a video editor would take advantage of the Pro, um, but it's just slightly faster export times at the end of the day. Mostly. Well, but I guess the, the question would be, I see the seven versus eight core, I, I, the one core, I don't think it's gonna make that big of a difference, but uh, with the Mac mini, overcoming the storage issue is actually pretty simple because they have those yeah. really cool kind of connecting docks that you, know, you can just USB or actually Thunderbolt into, and it's just like, you have more drive. I, I guess I I guess if you have a fast enough SSD, you could just edit right off the SSD right through the Thunderbolt. Is that how you would do it? Or that's how I do it. Yeah, I edit right off the SSD because oh, I never have enough internal storage. So how much storage is used up? Like after you get, you know, I was gonna say Windows. When I have to get OS, the updates, and all, and a little bit of software I in there. How much? How much space? Two fifty six. Like I don't <laughs> think it's like. So you barely have anything left. Like you ain't get no downloads or nothing. I like. You're, that's the other thing is like, do you go five twelve? I'm like, ow, and then another two hundred dollars. I think you go at least five twelve for you. Uh, Bruh. Maybe most people would be fine two fifty six, but I think five twelve for you would probably make more sense. Um, five twelve and then two and then sixteen gigs. And now we're up to fifteen hundred. Right? It starts adding up. All of a sudden, you're like a thousand dollar computer, and then it's like oh, I gotta spend fourteen hundred bucks. It's like sixteen hundred dollars at that point. Hold on, let me, let me do the I math. I think it's fourteen hundred. Or well, it's 1449 plus tax, which is, I don't even want to look at that. Let's take a look, ladies and gentlemen, while we, while Greg tells me that I should be sending a whole bunch more money. Let me take a look. Let me take So if, if the base with 200, uh, with 16 gigs is $1,300 after tax, I'm afraid to look, it's going to be fifteen sixteen hundred dollars It's, it's going to, I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared, but see, I, I really wanted the desktop experience since I had the iPad Pro 2020, and for my use case, it's all I need. And uh, I'm, I'm with Sean on that. Like, it, it, but I, but I can use it for my. I can, I can write it off as an expense for my channel, legitimately, because it would be. And again, if I sell my iPad Pro and get a decent amount for that, then I guess I would just go for the 512 slash 16 gig because why not? I guess. I guess. I don't know. What does everyone think? Everyone send us voicemails, emails and everything. Tell me, should I buy the new MacBook Air and then do a video on, on my channel and tell you all about it right after this? Should I do that? I think so, because what else are you going to talk about? Not much. <laughs> well, so uh, things like like yesterday's video and I hopefully do more videos like that where I took a two hundred fifty dollar um, Android phone and uh made it into a desktop don't, don't. which i was surprised and then uh, you know what i immediately had uh, quotes on uh, comments on and i thought the same thing oh man it'd be cool if iphones could do that yeah it would be amazing if an iphone would have a desktop mode it would be 
crazy. For those of you who don't know what the hell I'm talking about, uh, Android 10 and above have a desktop mode built into them, but only some manufacturers kind of surface that ability. And LG is one of them. And I got an LG G8 from Amazon Renewed for like 250 bucks and made it into a desktop. Not only that, I found that um, you could actually game on it, which is thank, thank heavens for 2020, because I mean, well, that's one thing you could say is um, you actually can do a bunch of cloud gaming directly through the desktop mode. And uh, then it becomes pretty much a desktop and do everything because everything that's in the app store, which is like Zoom and Slack and all the work stuff, you know, word processing stuff, all that stuff is there. And the only thing that was really missing was gaming. And I figured out a, a way to, to resolve that. What do you think about that, Greg? What do you think about the Apples? I don't know. Uh, I guess for Apple, it would have to be a good experience uh, bringing all that stuff over to a desktop experience, and you might think, okay, it's pretty easy, but if you get one of these new M1 Macs, you can see like their first attempt at it at running like these like iPhone apps on uh, the the Mac, and honestly, it's like a really bad attempt. Like it's not good. Yeah. Um, so you might think like, oh, I plug my iPhone in, I get a mouse and keyboard, and I'm set. I'm set. But the experience might just be bad enough to the point where it's like, all right, this is a fun novelty. Like it's really cool that I could do this. But I really just want like a full Mac experience and well, all they all they actually need to do. See, the, the problem would be trying to implement some type of full Mac OS. You don't need to do that. All you need to do is put iPad OS, have it turn into iPad OS when it's docked. Boom. And that's enough because that's kind of in a weird. Well, it's a little bit more than well, it's about like that. All the Android docked modes are basically kind of like a pseudo iPad OS slash Windows is like in between those two because it does kind of both. Um, I think if there was a way they could totally do it because they, they, you know, they have iPad OS, the processing power of an iPhone definitely can handle it. Um, whether or not they would actually go ahead and do that. I mean, they're not going to do that. Just like they're not going to put a touchscreen on a, on a laptop. Which is terrible. I feel like they will put a touchscreen on a laptop. I'm, you I'm think wrong. so? Yeah, I still think so. Then do they get do they get rid of the iPad then if they do that? Well, okay, they'll probably no. never get rid of the low-end iPad because it's, you can make those cheaper than you can a cheap laptop, right? No, because I feel like it would still be like the iPad, like if you wanted like a touchscreen experience, it would be like the best experience. And Mac OS, um, what they did with Big Sur, it looks a lot more touch-friendly, but I still feel like you, you wouldn't pick that over uh, an iPad if you want it like a touch-first experience. Like... There's a lot of people who want touchscreen Macs and would probably, you know, be fine with it. But I still feel like Macs are still kind of like on almost like a decline in a way. And most people really just need an iPad. Like if I'm like recommending like mm -hmm. a computer to my mom, it's like get an iPad and and they love it because it's so simple to use. Whereas on Mac, there's a lot more uh, complexity to it, even though it's not like super complex, but there's more complexity to it. And um, <clears throat> just adding a touchscreen on it wouldn't necessarily make it an easier experience. So I don't know. I, I look at like Microsoft and they got like a couple different lineups of their computers. They got like the Surface Laptop, Surface Pro. Now they got like the Surface Pro X, which is its own different thing. Um, I can see Apple adding touch on the Mac eventually though. I, I feel like I feel like they're just gonna get to a point where it's like, why not add it? Because mm. I, you know, you see like some of the decisions they're making, like putting like iPhone apps on the Mac. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why they stink so bad is because you have to use like mouse controls on them and they really just don't translate over well. So maybe it's not even, you know, you probably wouldn't want to use touch full time on the Mac anyway, but if you open up LumaFusion and that's really designed around touch, well, then all of a sudden you're having a better experience than just using your mouse and keyboard. So I can see Apple still doing it. Um, I think the M1 gives them a lot more... Uh, versatility and how they might make a future Mac. Don't forget, the Macs that we're seeing now are just, they took the Intel chip out and they put the M1 chip in. But mm -hmm. what does the M1 chip give them? It gives them computers where they don't need fans in them to get really good performance. That could enable an entirely new form factor on the Mac that they just couldn't do before. So I, I think we could see some radically different Macs coming over here, especially if this M1 hype really does translate over to increased sales, if, if this really is, because really right now, Windows doesn't have anything that can compete with the M1. 
if this translates to increased sales for the Mac, that means Apple's going to put even more focus on it and go, where can we get some more money out of this? And maybe yeah. they'll explore that. Yeah, I mean, they're probably going to do that anyway, because I believe, you know, first of all, manufacturing your own processor is, is just yeah. a win anyway. Listen, I listen for the longest time. If you ask me, is Apple going to put a mouse, uh, a trackpad and a keyboard on an iPad? I would have said no. And then they right. did it one day. Right. Like that's true. You, you always have like those opinions. It's 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 always no until eventually it's yes. And there's been a there's been a few times in Apple history where they've done that uh, yeah. on, a, on a less grand scheme. Like Steve Jobs famously once said, like, oh, are you going to put video on the iPod? He's like, no one wants to watch video on a small screen. And it's like, <laughs> everyone wants to watch video on a small screen. That's how most people consume video content these days yeah. on small little screens. And when they added video to the iPod, it was so popular. So yeah. I, I think I think if they see a good use case for it, I think it'll it will eventually come to the Mac. And they've put so much effort into the M1 um, that... I don't think the Mac is a dying platform either, where a few years ago you could have looked at the kind of like minuscule upgrades they were giving the Mac and go, are they trying to like kind of like maybe like push this off a cliff and go, all right, we don't need the Mac anymore. Get an iPad. But mm. this investment into M1 changes everything. It's a huge investment into the platform. Yeah. So, you know, speaking of uh, kind of small screen entertainment, uh, this brings me to another thing that we talked that I have in the title of this uh, this podcast. Uh, Xbox Game Pass, and I want to bring it up because a, I obviously used it in my last video talking about how you can get, uh, you can stream gaming to a quote less powerful device. So uh, that'll also be coming to iPhones uh, this year using the mobile browser, which is kind of an interesting way to to bring that in. Um, and the way the way that I even kind of looked more into the cloud streaming at all was when my power went out a couple like a week or so ago, and I was without any kind of entertainment. My house is really fun. When there's electricity, it is really boring when there's no electricity in my house, Greg, because everything's powered, right? So yeah, I was able, though, to pick up my um, OnePlus 7 Pro, uh, use the you know SIM card in it, and stream some gaming to it. <clears throat> and this is where cloud gaming really it was, was clutch for me because, I mean, I'm sitting there with the lights are out and it's just boring, and I'm like, all right, let me try this. So the nice thing about it is, is it does keep the power on the cloud. And the more I think about that, the more it just seems the way of the future. But I, you know, I've been playing a couple more games on Xbox Game Pass and the idea of a Netflix type gaming solution works. And I like the way they're doing it. I think PlayStation does something very similar. Stadia is a weird thing because you pay for access of things you've paid for. So I, I think yeah. one of the problems that they had was <laughs> it's confusing. You're paying like $10 a month to play games that you own. It's like, well, wait a minute. I had to buy yeah. the game too. So that was a very confusing, they do give you some free games, but they, it's a very confusing way to do it. Whereas Game Pass is like, you know, 10 bucks a month or whatever, and you just get access to all the games that are there. Um, I, I like the idea of more things moving to the cloud. I think processing power wise, things like a, and by the way, this used to be the way, dummy terminals were a thing back in the day. There could come a time, and there probably will come a time in the future when buying the hardware is no more than just a keyboard and a monitor. You don't need to have to worry about the process and RAM and everything else because it's cloud-based. Like, there's no reason to have the hardware locally. You're not really gaining anything unless you don't have internet access. So there will be some sales for people who just, there's no power, there's no internet where you are. Maybe you're in a jungle or something. I don't know. You need a laptop out in the summer. But... For the most part, internet's becoming like you can be in the middle of nowhere and have internet on your phone, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. So the processing power in the cloud where you never have to upgrade your hardware is as soon as you can explain it to people in a way that makes sense, which is marketing. I still believe that's the future, which is one of the reasons why I love the Amazon Echo series of products. I've talked about this before, which is why I invested in it long ago, because I knew that in the end, what you buy today is less than it will be in the future, and you don't even have to pay additional for that. It's not like you're paying extra for th this Echo that I bought does things that it now plays Netflix. You know that Echo Show now plays Netflix. That was not a thing they even did a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it just it's just a new thing all the time. I think that's the future of all hardware. I'd like to see more of that this year. Yeah, I mean, I still think we're – I do think – I mean – that makes sense. Why wouldn't that be the future in a way? Because eventually you're just going to want all your stuff everywhere all the time. And then a streaming platform could just give that to you. 
uh, you know, it's easier for a company to get a bunch of powerful PCs essentially and let you stream from them. And then when you're not using it, someone else is using it too. So in a way, not everyone has to go out and buy the same thing. You kind of have this shared system of hardware. Uh, I still think we're a long way from that becoming like a true reality though, because while you and I might live in areas that have okay internet and you know, even that, like I have good internet at home, but like if I walk in the wrong direction, my cell service can be like nothing. Mm. Um, so I still think we're like a far way away from that dream of like the connected cloud. And it's like, I'm on the bus and my phone can play PlayStation 10 and it's like zero latency. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. I think we're eventually going there. I think this is probably the first generation of stuff where we'll see a real crack at it and it, it will probably work pretty well uh, depending on how strong your internet connection is. There were some attempts back in the day to kind of try and do this, uh, but those services had a lot of limitations and and a lot of uh, latency and, and I'm really, I really do want to see uh, like zero latency or close to zero latency, I guess, like cloud gaming. I think that would be really cool. And I also feel like for future hardware, like VR headsets, um, I feel like one of the biggest problems with that is processing power. And if we can offload the processing power away from like these bulky headsets attached to like desktop tower PCs, um, then all of a sudden that becomes that becomes hardware that people will actually want to use rather than how niche it is right now. Um, if you can get away all those bulky components and make a sleek looking headset where most of the, where all the processing power is done be, uh, somewhere far away, you got yourself like a winning product over there that really is like, that really is like future stuff, like glasses, headset, um, you know, sleek design, and you just put it on, the processing's done somewhere else, it just boots up, uh, gets it all the information from the internet, that's going to be crazy. Well, I mean, look, so first of all, technology is rapidly, exponentially um, getting faster. So let, for example, um, one of the first 4G LTE phones was the uh, HTC Evo. Uh, I actually think I had one of those. And that was back when uh, 4G was still trying, they were still trying to figure out if it was like LTE or WiMAX. For some of you might remember WiMAX. Um, and uh, this was back in like 2009, 2010. So we're talking about um, like, you know, 10 years ago, not quite 11 years ago. Uh, and that was 4G to 5G where we are now, like a 4G where it was kind of suspect to like more than solid 4G and 5G. And back then, think about 2010, think about the world in which we live in 2010. I had an HDC Evo, I loved it and so did it, so Gary had it too. And I remember the thing having a front facing camera and I remember going, I don't know, this seems like a really cool idea to do video chat, but there wasn't a lot of apps to support it. I think it was mostly like Skype and most people did not have phones with front-facing cameras. And it was like once, oh man, someday, I don't know when, we're gonna be able to call on video call and you can just call anybody. And that's kind of where we are now. Of course, it's a little bit easier to do on an iPhone than it is on Android only because, yeah, the kickstand thing. I, I was buying kickstand cases for years after that phone because I love the kickstand. Um, the One of the things that, that was interesting about that is it kind of made me think about the future. Like, oh man, one day we're all going to call each other because we have the front facing camera. And now it's so commonplace. It's so incredibly commonplace. And, and it took 10 years to get there, but everything has accelerated. And if you look at the last three years, look at the difference there. I would say there's less of a difference in the last three years than there were in the first like five and a half. Because we are at this tipping point of like, well, we can do just about anything we want to. Like we can do just about everything. So it's just a matter of infrastructure changes and little things here. Well, we just need to put money into it. And I guarantee there's other countries because there's a lot of countries that are much better set up with our tech, with their, um, their internet infrastructure than America is. They could do a lot of this stuff right now. It's true. Uh, yeah. It's, you know, we really do get used to what we have really quickly. It is uh, it is quite interesting when you really think back and and you know you, you you think one day like wow video calling that's like such a sci-fi thing like when's that going to be a thing and then you get video calling from anywhere I can go outside and video call Travis and it's like whoa what's going on here this is amazing and you get that technology and then like i never i never want a video call anyone <laughs> like, <laughs> i know well, i don't even want to take a phone call like text message me and then we'll deal with it that way it's it's yep. like too personal it's like no i don't want a video call 
But um, no, the you get so used to everything. You're so like entitled in a way that you really do have to take a step back, take a deep breath and go, wow, look at this moment we're in. Look at all the amazing things we can do. Um, obviously 2020 was very rough, but think about how much easier it is because of all the technology around you. The fact that you could actually video call someone, you mm-hmm. didn't have to go, you know, this podcast would be impossible without the internet. Without I, video I was calling. about to say 10 years ago, I was doing one of my very first podcasts 10 years ago now, but it was audio only. And while you could call in the stuff, the audio quality wasn't that good. There was no video. You certainly couldn't have someone get a video call in like we did last week. Like we right. were just bringing people in and they could have been anywhere. A lot of people were outside. They weren't at their desktop. They were on their phones. So these were things that weren't even thought about, uh, you know, 10 years ago. And it's so commonplace now that you literally take it for granted. I walked around my house today earlier, turned off a light with my voice and immediately was like, bruh, I'm in the future already. <laughs> I'm in the future. Like I just turned off the light with my, and I can turn the, the I mean, temperature the year up. is 2021 now. That seems pretty yeah. futuristic. It's like, whoa. It does seem that way. Whoa. It does seem that way. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Wait indeed. till 2025. <clears throat> then your mind's really going to be blown. You can't be, wait for that. You're going to be sitting at your house and you're going to be like, hey, hey, uh, Google, order me. Oh, you can already do that. Um, you already can do that. That's the thing. You can hey, already. Hey, hey, Google, um, cook me my food. And it's be like, okay. I mean, you can almost do that too. It's kind of crazy. Your burrito. Man. And then like, it's going to like launch it across your, your house. It's going to fall on your plate. You'll be like, yeah. That I, I would put money on that exists on YouTube somewhere. Someone has already done that is my guess. We just have to find it on YouTube. Yeah. When, when, when is Apple going to make the uh, like Apple oven? You know what I'm, you know what I'm hoping for? You know what I hope the technology gets to the point of where someday we can all be in the same room together. Wouldn't that be amazing? I can't wait for technology to get good like that. That'll be great. Can you imagine like a holographic? No, no. I mean like, let's, let's, let me shake your hand. That'd be amazing. Can you imagine the technology we would need for something like that? Holy crap on a stick. I mean, it just seems impossible at this point, but Mm. can you imagine me coming up to you and giving you a hug, Greg? My not, God! Not right now. I can't imagine the it. technology. There's nothing, there's nothing I would want less in this world. The technology you would right need. Now. You would. The technology we would need for that is amazing. You would need would be, like a well-funded vaccine program with proper distribution. Oh, wait. Just, just go watch. Like, I, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast. I'm not thinking beforehand. Go to Netflix and watch uh, Death to 2020. It's hilarious. And you will enjoy it. So anyway, yes, technology getting better. Yes, Ugh. and also worse too. Also worse. Yes, we can. <laughs> also worse things about technology, like um, all the personal data, and then all the tracking. Well, then- let me let me ask you a question. So I I you know I, I have a smart home. I love all this stuff, but I do have a line. I think I've talked about this on the podcast, but yeah. I would love to hear your line. So for those of you that are new to the podcast, um, I you know I have echoes everywhere. I have you know lights I can turn on and off, thermostat I can do all the things with, all that stuff. So like lots of lots of tech, but I I draw a line at remote door locks and remote remote door locks, remote garage door opener and indoor cameras. I have outdoor cameras. That's my line of what I would and would not have when smart when it comes to smart home. How about you? Like where is your line? Or is there one for you? No, I don't think I have a line honestly. As as much as I just gave a privacy speech, I saw when <laughs> Amazon uh showed off that talk about the future. They showed off like that camera that'll like fly around your house. It's like a drone. Oh. I was like I want that. <laughs> That's so cool. It just like chases like the intruder around your house and they're like, what? Like, <laughs> give me that. I want that. That's so cool. So yeah, give me everything. Really? Okay. Yeah. So I, I, the reason why I stop with lights, with, uh, the reason why I stop with locks and indoor cameras is because of my sling blade, bla- uh, sling blade, was it called sling? Sling box incident. I told you about that, right? Did I mention that on podcast? Maybe if I, I have now, for people who may not remember, a couple of years back, um, the easiest way to stream video wasn't just like Netflix on your phone, especially if you wanted to watch TV, there wasn't a lot of live TV apps at the time. And Slingbox was a company that came out with a device that you would hook to your, your satellite or, or uh, cable box, 
and you could stream anything off of that. So it could be live TV or things on your DVR. <clears throat> Loved it. Had it for a couple of years. It was nice for at lunch to be able to watch some stuff that was on my DVR. Now, what it does is it literally takes the analog audio, out, the analog video out, and then just streams it across the internet. Uh, you have to sign up for an account, all the things. Um, and you put this little box on top of your, your DVR or whatever. Anyway, um, for the last year or two that I had, I didn't really use it that much because around that time is when, you know, like Netflix, Hulu, all these things started to really start gaining steam. So I didn't really need access to it. And I remember one day I was watching satellite. This was a couple years ago. I was watching satellite. All of a sudden the menu screen pops up and then it starts moving down. And I look over and the light and someone is actually accessing my sling box and turning the channel. My thing, I was okay. done at that point. I'm like, okay, that freaked me out enough that I'm like, okay, indoor cameras are a no go. And then my locks, my locks. I don't want someone lo unlocking and locking my door from Lithuania that I can, I, I want you, if you're going to try and lock my door, be at my house so I can do something about it. I mean, we can do so we can, if you wanted to go, we want to go, we can go. But if you're going to be in Lithuania in, in your grandmother's house and I can't get to you, it's not fun. It's not fair. Same thing with garage door opener. <clears throat> yeah. I don't, I don't really care about the smart lock stuff. I feel like it just doesn't make sense either. It's like, like, why do I need to unlock my door when I'm not there? Like, I can never envision a scenario. Even if, like, someone's, like, visiting, like, a, like a friend or anything, I would want to be at my place if I'm unlocking my door and letting someone in. I wouldn't just want to be like, oh, yeah, go in, do whatever you need to do. Uh, maybe, like, I don't know, maybe there's, like, a babysitter, but it's, like, make a spare key. Like, how hard is that? Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't want door locks, not even for privacy reasons or worried about people hacking them. I just don't see the reason, like, what convenience is that bringing you? And it's just, it probably just seems like a hassle. Like, when the battery dies, it's like, oh, no. Now what? Yeah, no, I, I have I have security cameras all over the outside of my house, which is fine. Yeah, yeah that I'm good. Um, yeah, I just, I just don't want – there's just certain things I draw a line on. And I think the convenience is sometimes not as good – as the the risks now we should have snubs on um on the podcast here soon because snubs shannon is a, a security expert she has youtube channels very amazing person helped me out on ces last year uh, just great and she really can help us walk through security maybe we should have her next week i'll ask her if she wants to come on because i think talking about security here's the problem with security i like doing i like talking about security stuff on youtube no one watches it no one watches security-based videos. No, they don't care. People don't care until something happens to them to get their stuff hacked. I've had, um, you know, I've had my identity stolen. I've had all types of weird stuff happen. And it's a horrible feeling when it happens. It's so helpless. But no one wants to talk about it in advance. No. because uh, And I'll tell you why. I don't want to know. I don't want to know all the horrible things that will happen to me. So Because you really, there's steps you can take to prevent it. But and that's what, what the, I want to talk about. At the end of the day... Like, you're also kind of help. Like, if someone really wants to target you, if someone really has you in their crosshairs, it is, it is hard to prevent yeah. that in a but way. But here's the thing, two things. Number one, I'm not going to make it easier for them. And number right. two, just because someone could break down my door, even if I lock it, doesn't mean I'm not locking my door. You know what I mean? Like, if someone wants, wants me specifically, okay, fair. But I don't want that one person who just happens to be checking doors down the street <laughs> to see which one is open and then goes in. You know, yeah. I don't want the lazy person in my life, right? Like, oh, look, they left their passwords, one, two, three, ABC, yeah, cool, know, you know? Yeah, yeah. So those are the ones that I'm keeping out because that's 90% of what's happening. So I think it'd be cool. I'll, I'll ask her and see if she wants to come on next week because I think it'd be an interesting conversation. Um, she deals with a lot of hackers and... Uh, and stuff and i i think it's an interesting subject that we don't really talk about no uh someone brought up john process uh, prosser processor john processor see, see how that works out um he got his channel hacked and like look at yeah. that like what a that was like a big channel got taken over and he had very little control over what he could do but even he could have taken steps to actually kind of prevent that and i i will look up those steps to try and take action as best as i can but it is it is scary um, how far people can get if they have the knowledge. Thankfully, most people don't have that knowledge, right? Like you really, this this is someone. Um, you, you basically, Travis is right. You want to make it so the lazy people can't get into you because the people that can get into you 
are going to charge a lot of money <laughs> to, to do this. So most mm -hmm. people can't afford them. So if you can get if you can get past the uh, lazy people, you're usually in a good spot. Unless unless you just really made someone mad, you like cut them in line at Starbucks, and uh, then you got Viper hacking you because he didn't get his drink. So well, do yourself a favor and don't go to. Well, I don't know if I, if it's a good thing about it. Maybe you should. I I, I caution this because <clears throat> it's like a little bit like seeing how the sausage is made. If you go to YouTube and look up how to break through like locks, there's this one guy like Doctor Lockpicker or something like that. I forget what his name is. The lockpicking lawyer. I don't lock like that. Lockpicking lawyer. Guy. Yeah. No. Well, I don't like that guy. No, I can't remember. Is no, no, it because no, no. I'm someone on Twitter, no, right? No, I don't like lockpicking lawyer. I got a <laughs> fingerprint lock. Yeah, I don't like this guy. I, I'm canceling the lockpicking. <laughs> I got a fingerprint uh, lock. It was such a novelty item. I was gonna use it for my gym locker back when you could go to those things. If someone wants to break through my fingerprint locker and have my gym clothes, all right, whatever. You know, I, I'm just trying to get past the lazy people. If you right. really want to go do it, go ahead. My problem with the lock picking lawyer is there's no good lock. People are like, ah, that lock is not, it's not good. The lock picking lawyer got through it. There's not a lock on his channel that he doesn't break through. He can break through any lock. Right. So it doesn't matter. I could have bought a $2,000 lock and the lock picking lawyer breaks through it in three seconds. How am I supposed to decide which is a good lock? Which is why I said, if anyone wants to get into your thing, if they have the knowledge, they can get it. You just have to make it hard enough to where someone goes to your locker and goes, ch -ch. okay, moving on. Mm -hmm. So the lock picking lawyer, he can get into any lock. Uh, listen, if there is a lock and it has a key, there has to be a way to get inside of it. So there's things you can do to get into that lock. Um, that's that's kind of like everything. There's a way to get in. There's there's a key. There's a way to get in, and that's why the idea of like making like a backdoor key, like uh, the FBI wants to do with like Apple and stuff like that, it's a bad idea because once the key exists, there's a way to get in. If there's no key, then there's really no way to get in. So. Mm. Lockpicking lawyer, I want you on the channel. <clears throat> How about that? How about extending our invite to the lockpicking lawyer? I got so much grief over that lock. I just, I was like, look at this cool lock. It unlocks with your fingerprint. And then I got all like these lockpicking lawyer fanatics <laughs> going, that lock is not good. Well, but here's the thing. Here's the interesting thing about the lockpicking lawyer. I've watched a couple of his videos. Even if he breaks into it, which he breaks into like 99.9% .9 of the video, he's like, oh, this is a good one. But you're like, but you broke into it. How is it good? Yeah. You broke into it. That's because he's exceptionally good. But what's really scary is how easy it take, how easy it is for him to break up. Like it is, you watch it, you go, I don't know why I bought this lock. I mean, you watch his videos. Anyway, j people can get into your stuff. By the way, most people just kick down your front door. So you need to get a strike plate and some other things to try to protect yourself. Yeah. Like that, but. Yeah, like, uh, listen, if they want to get to my gym locker and steal some clothes, all right. But is, isn't it more, more not so much about your clothes, but like, wouldn't your keys and wallet be in there? No, I always take that with me. Oh, you have it in your pocket? <laughs> okay, that's smart. There you go. That's smart. That's smart. There no, they're not getting that. That See, that's that's where I am. I'm like, I'll put some stuff in there, but I, my keys, my wallet? No, I'm not leaving that in the gym locker. Nice, nice. try. Nice, nice, nice try, nice. lockpicking lawyer. Too it was funny. a diversion. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So what else? What else are we gonna talk about before we? Because we started a little early, so we're you know we're we're wrapping. We're coming down the final stretch here. Oh, the S twenty one real quick. I want to mention. We'll know about that in like a week and a half, as if we don't know everything. And I still feel like in some point, shame on you, Samsung. Figure out a way to not have people with a damn phone. In, in their possession, although I think OnePlus is even worse. Did you hear about this? The OnePlus 9, someone sold it on eBay? One of the no, prototypes. I didn't hear about that. That's funny. <clears throat> Bro, what is up with these Android manufacturers? I mean, the last time that happened to Apple was the iPhone 4. But that was like a legitimate kind of someone forgot it at a restaurant. Or someone left it at a bar. Bar, then, yeah. Uh, that that yeah. is a little bit more, it makes sense. But someone's selling like the yeah. OnePlus 9 is crazy. And then, of course... Who are all these people that have, who's this guy on YouTube that has the freaking S21 and has been making videos for the last two weeks? I talked about it in a video a couple weeks ago and I'm like, what is happening? Like, what, can we get away from this? I'm almost like frustrated because there's, the only thing that they're going to tell us that we don't 100% know in a couple weeks is the price and maybe a couple of software tricks, maybe, maybe. But since people have the phone, you already can see the software tricks. So I'm, I'm kind of like, ugh. Bruh, I'm just I'm just disappointed. 
Disappointed. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, That's yeah. <clears throat> uh, oh, yeah. So, uh, Digital Slang, who actually watches, uh, I think, my channel, <clears throat> somehow got the Galaxy Buds Pro. I don't even know what those are. But apparently... He went and bought them on like Facebook or something. I don't know how that works. This is what I'm talking about. He went and bought the, uh, I think I saw on his Twitter, he said like we went to Facebook and bought the Galaxy Buds Pro. I don't, I've never even heard of these things. It's come on, man. What is going on? Yeah, I don't think they've even announced those, so. Hmm. Ridiculous. Well, what happened to your AirPods Max? How are they How are they working for you? Are you, are you having the same battery issues that Viper and, Ren, uh, not Renee, uh, and Jason are having? No, um, I don't. I don't like the battery life on them. Um, well, I mean they're fine. They're they're literally fine. Like mo like it's fine. It's twenty hours, whatever. I feel like that's pretty much true. Uh, but I do listen to my headphones a lot because I work from home, right? Yeah. Like I'm always like listening to stuff, and it's like like again I bring these up. They're like sixty hours, so I'm kind of like used to like yep. these in a way, and I'm like wow, like. It's 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 like a total first world problem. It's not an issue. It's not like oh my god, these things have horrible battery life. They have noise cancellation too, so it's really not a fair comparison, right? Like there's stuff going on in the headphones. These have no noise cancellation. But, but I don't I don't I don't think the problem is I don't think the problem is the usage battery life. I think it's no the, no. Theirs are like draining, right? Theirs are draining yeah 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 out yeah. of the case or something like that. Yeah yeah. I haven't really noticed it, uh, but. I actually just put mine back in the case when I'm done with them. So maybe I'm. But even so, like Jason that. had a problem when he put it back in the case. And I think Viper did too, where he was still losing a lot of battery life. Like even in the case, like there's an actual problem. I, I don't know hmm. if it's just maybe with his or, or whatever. I don't know. <clears throat> I haven't, haven't noticed it on mine or I'm not checking for it. But no. I mean, they seem fine to me. No. Uh, I charge them up every week, I guess. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jimmy's promo got a bunch of Galaxy. I know Jimmy. Uh, he actually told me some information for that Gal S21 video. Actually, he told me stuff a couple of weeks before that, before I even made that video. And uh, yeah, he get, but that makes more sense. He's got a YouTube channel and like, that's one thing. This other person just got some stuff and then like opened up a YouTube channel. Like, well, what is happening? I don't know. Nikki's in the house. Good to see Nikki's. Yeah, I think, Nikias. I just think, oh, so I have not seen the third party cases on Amazon yet. Have you looked at these that supposedly put the AirPods Max in low power mode? Because that's what I think people have been waiting for. Uh, mm. Yeah, I, I saw a few third party cases that look like just headphone cases that you'd want. Um, they're pretty inexpensive, so it solves a pretty big problem if you like the AirPods Max and you don't like the case. Uh, so it's good that they're out, and I think a lot of, uh, uh, I think that's, Basically, like the number one issue for that people have with the AirPods Max is that case. So the fact that they got that solved pretty quick, which I think we kind of both knew, like right, yeah. like third parties are going to take advantage of this so quickly because uh, it's Apple. Nikia says you were talking about my thumbnails. Yeah, what yeah, you yeah. You're before? whenever you use uh, the. Don't talk about my thumbnails. The no, no, the ones that's that sacred. you use on uh, that's sacred thumbnail. <laughs> the ones that work. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the ones that work. Hey, it didn't work last time, so I don't know. I think I got to find a new trick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm looking at some of the, uh, there's a gray carrying case for the AirPod Max. These, but see, the cases I see, well, the case that I see, you put it in the the travel, the actual case that it comes in. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. There's a, Yeah, but I mean, you're going to see this all the time on Amazon or eBay or whatever, where manufacturers know that, hey, there's a lot of money uh, to be well, made this here. This is a nice one. This one, yeah, I, I see it too. You, it fits the case anyway, right. which is right. cool. Right, that's that one's cool. Nice. Yeah, that and that's a good travel case. And There's you don't have a, to use you don't have to use the case. Like you can just put it in regular, yeah. but you can fit in the case it came with too. So that's cool. It's a good travel, travel solution. Which yeah. was the problem with these because the the one they come into it doesn't really protect anything. So like, what the hell is the point? No, yeah. And then there's like there's a there's a slot for like if you have uh you know the uh wire for the headphone so yeah that's pretty good yeah hey it's back order it's like january 23rd so they must be selling listen that's the thing these things are selling uh, all of it is uh, regardless of the pricing it's selling this i'm selling the case well, is really ugly though it looks like a butt. yeah it's not it's not pretty it's not pretty it's not it's not pretty i'm not gonna lie it's not pretty oh and one last question before we uh, finish off of the day how is the the knockoff wristband that you got for the, your apple watch working for you fine so good it's yeah, it's good. I'm on my official one now, but uh, yeah, it's fine. Back to the official. Will you be switching? Will you be switching yeah, them? Yeah, I'll be using them whenever I feel <clears> like <throat> it. I wanted the red one for like Christmas time. Now it's New Year's. I'm back on blue. So back on blue. Yeah, I'll be switching to to mix it up with my outfits. Very nice. 
Very nice. That's, that's the point, right? Well, I mean, next week we'll find out if I have placed the order for the MacBook Air. I don't know. I don't know. We talked about it at the beginning of the episode. If you missed that, um, you know, you're watching YouTube, definitely watch the replay or download the audio podcast when it comes out uh, this coming up week. Anything else Someone you want to so, say? Well, to Alex, too, he asked it a lot, and mm. I'm just going to oh. give it to him. But uh, he wanted to know if we'll be inviting John Prosser on the show. And then he also wants to know if Apple will bring Touch ID and 120 hertz to the iPhone 13 Pro. And he's already got a prediction. It's uh, January 3rd as we sit here today. And he's saying the announcement will be September 14th, 2021. So, you know, we're going to see if Alex T is right. And uh, maybe he's the ultimate leaker if he guesses that one all the way in January 3rd. That would be pretty impressive. Um, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Uh, 120 hertz, I feel like it's a given, right? Like, they're going to do it this year. I feel like the the technology for the LTPO stuff is out there. It's more uh, readily available. Um, so I feel like the Pro series will definitely have it. Probably not the normal series, I'm guessing. They're going to, like, differentiate it if it's Apple. Um, touch ID, I would love for them to bring back. Um, I hope Apple takes time to realize, like, the situation we're in if they can change that fast enough, right, in their production lineup and give us back a fingerprint solution. Mm-hmm. Um, I would totally be for that. There's been uh, rumors of them incorporating it beforehand. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I feel like Touch ID makes sense, especially like now that they know the situation we're in, um, even if you think you're going to be out of it this year, why why not make it easier to unlock your phone when you know like everyone still is probably going to be wearing face masks for the majority of the year? I feel like Apple should get that done. Yeah. And Nikias, yeah, we'll definitely have you on the show. Uh, if not next week, depending on what Snub says, then maybe the <laughs> he's week the after. biggest fan of my thumbnails, but not my channel. Yes. Well, thank you. At least you're a fan of something. That's, exactly. Uh, that's good enough for me. Yeah, we'll have you on, Nikias. Of course, no problem, buddy. Uh, oh yeah, and then uh, James from last week said his son's not going to miss this one because he missed out when we did the calls uh, last week. So if you missed the. Uh, Live stream last week, uh, I, I don't remember where we stopped in the podcast. You should definitely go to the YouTube channel if you're listening to the audio podcast right now because we did some call-ins at the end. We had some really cool people call in. We appreciate that greatly. And I'll tell you one thing. It's been another incredible couple of days, but uh, we just started 2021, and I, I, we're, off to, we're off to a fiery start. I think this is a good episode. I think this is a good show. I, think this is a good, I felt good about this one. Yeah, you know, for a show where, like, you come into the new year and as someone who's been running a tech channel for the past few years, Travis and I talk about this privately, uh, January is one of the worst years to run, like, a tech channel because, really, there's not too much new stuff out. You start to get, you know, actually, S uh, S21 will be. This is kind of yep. a little bit unprecedented. Usually it's, like, February for this stuff, so maybe we'll get some relief pretty soon. It might help me but, out a little bit, yeah. Yeah, but January is typically like a pretty bad year for us because, you know, like pretty everyone tries to get their products out before Christmas. That's the big holiday rush. Um, <clears throat> but I think we I think we pulled off a pretty good show. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll do it again next week because why not? <laughs> yeah, we'll do a good show next week. We're yeah. not going to do a bad show. But after that, it might be a bad show. After that, so there's no, no guarantees. Promises. I mean, it's 2021. Yeah, no anything, can happen. anything can happen. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Travis. He's Greg. We are GadgetCast. We'll see you next week.